Welcome to the GovComs podcast, bringing you the latest insights and innovations from experts and thought leaders around the globe in government communication. Now, here is your host, David Pembroke. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome once again to GovComs, the podcast that examines the practice of content communication in government and the public sector. My name's David Pembroke, and thank you for joining me. And if it's your first time, thanks for coming along. Really interesting conversation today with Kirsten Oberpriela. She is the co-founder and lead gamification designer at Pentaquest, because today what we're going to be looking at is gamification and innovation in government communication. Kirsten has a rich career in the advancement and education of gamification in Australia. She started her career here in Canberra at ThinkPlace, which is a leading design thinking agency back in 2012. Um, And during her role as executive design manager, she acquired a PhD from the University of Canberra, where she was able to look at gamification, design thinking, and education and bringing all of that together. In 2016, she co-founded Pentaquest, a company that focuses on addressing organizational culture and performance challenges through the application of sophisticated, intuitive, and elegant gamified products. She joins me in the studio now. Kirsten, thank you very much for joining me on GovComs. Thank you for having me. Gamification is a... It's one of those things, isn't it? It's really, you know, you're hearing people saying, you know, in this world where it is so hard to grab people's attention and hold people's attention, you have to do much better than just an image, um, just a video. You've really go, got to go deeper, you know, to, to capture that attention. Is that your experience and is that why that you are pursuing this career that you have in gamification in government comps? Yeah, really, really good question. So you hit the nail on the head that the way that we engage people is based on very traditional methods, um, whether it's communication or our citizens or our teams and, and, and employees. And so gamification is about a, a new way of engaging people. Mm. Um, so to, so for people that haven't heard what it is, um, some people think I made the term up. I didn't. <laughs> it's a thing. Um, but basically it's using game mechanics and experience design and combining those to address a problem in the real world. Um, so a, a game mechanic um, are the things that make games so much so much fun. So we see people spending hours and hours of time being really engaged, really enthused with games um, and, uh, and gamification came about by looking at how can we capture even a fraction of that engagement and that complete focus and apply it to non-entertainment uh, things. Mm. So how, give me an example of how how you would assemble a solution in this space. Yeah. So the the very first um, thing that you need to do is really understand who are your users and what are you trying to get them to do or to know. So what is your behavioural and what is your learning outcome? Um, and it, it, sounds, it sounds kind of obvious, but you may be surprised how often people can overlook that step or rush that step. Mm. Um, because gamification works when you've tailored it specifically to your users and to that context. The very first step is understanding who are your users, what motivates them, and what is it that you'd like them to do. And how much work do you need to do to actually get that understanding? 
it, it depends on what level of scale you're trying to gamify at. If you're trying to um, gamify, say, an event or a bit of a, like an exhibition or something where people are interacting with it for a moment, um, it's less. If you're trying to change an organisation of thousands of people, that takes a bit longer. So right. it depends on the challenge. And that's an interesting one around, say, a large organisation where there are thousands of people, where there are people of different ages, of different interests, of different capabilities. How do you go about designing a solution for a diverse group such as that? It's a really important question, especially um, we do a lot of work with teams and organisations on how to use gamification to engage, to motivate, to reward um, and recognise your employees. Um, and like I said, it starts with understanding your users. Then you go into um, developing, choosing the mechanics that would work well based on the context and what they're used to. Um, so an, an example is if you have a um, very collaborative um, uh, environment where the team is very cohesive and you try to add um, a, a fully um, competition-based experience, it's not going to work so well because it doesn't work in that environment. Um, but if you do have um, a, an environment that works quite well in competition, then the mechanics um, match that quite well. Um, so once you've identified who they are, you've identified which mechanics work, um, then you go about doing a design and agile process to design it. Um, and so that involves um, testing early and often with users um, and throughout the process um, before you release it. So you, you reference these um, mechanics. What are they? What's a game mechanic? So the most uh, simple mechanics that people will be familiar with are things like points, badges, leaderboards. So they're basically the components of the game. Um, but there's hundreds and hundreds of them, and, and the way you kind of put them together is what creates a gameplay. Right. So if you think of Monopoly, um, some of the mechanics in that would be, um, well, I've got a token, um, I have a turn, and there's some die. Every time I, I throw the die, I move the thing. There's um, a currency and things like that. So it's basically the, the components that make up that experience. Okay. How do you make it compelling? How, how do you use the mechanics to make, you know, to grab someone, to, to, to hold them? How is it that you're able to do that? And indeed, how is it that you can transfer knowledge and understanding such that people, um, well, the people who've asked you to come up with the solution get value from the investment that they make? Yeah, so again, it comes back to what, what the purpose of the gamification is. Um, if it's, you know, if it's knowledge, um, you want to be, um, if it's acquiring knowledge or practising knowledge, you want to make sure, again, that that's fitting in with, with people's lives or with their work. So if you're engaging citizens, it looks different to when you're engaging employees, looks different to when you're engaging kids, whatever right. it might be. Um, so it's, it's, part of what, it's part of what you work out there. Yeah, right. So can you give me some examples perhaps of, of gamification solutions that you've designed and the process that you went through and the problem that you were trying to solve? Yeah, yeah. Well, I might start with, with a, um, a simple example that most people will be familiar with, which is things like your Fitbit um, or your Apple Watch. Yeah. Um, so they use elements of gamification to get you to exercise more, um, more often, you know, with friends, all this sort of thing. So, yeah. um, so some of the mechanics in that is, you know, you've got your goal, which is your 10,000 steps a day. Right. Um, a lot of people will be doing September as well at the moment. That's yep. using some game mechanics in there as well. Team challenges, um, you know, the purpose of raising money for a charity. That's all, that's all part of that. Um, in terms of um, some of the solutions we've designed um, for government, um, we're working with a, a department at the moment to develop a platform that um, rewards professional development. Um, yep. So using gamification to, to recognise and reward um, reward people for um, things like, uh, you know, reading uh, resources, policies and strategies that come out, attending networking events, um, doing all your, um, your L&D and, and all those things that you need to be doing, getting feedback from your manager, a whole range of different behaviours. And so 
what does a gamification team look like? How many people does it take to think, you know, to create and launch and monitor um, a game? Yeah. So there's a whole range of teams that um, a whole a whole range of skills that make up the team. Yeah. Um, there's uh, the the gamification or the behavioural psychologist. So there's there's a lot of psychology and design and behavioural economics that goes uh, into making this. So so you've got the the designers there. Um, you also need um, uh, project managers, client liaison type of thing. You know, making sure that projects running on time. Um, if it's a digital product, you obviously need software engineers as well. Um, so visual designers is another important one because um, often there's a visual component to it. Um, so I get so those are probably the, the, the main ones. Um, okay. And then how large the team is depends on depends on uh, how large the project is. And then how sophisticated the graphics have got to be. Does that does that soak up a lot of resource? Yeah, it can. Um, so so a common misconception when we say gamification is people go, oh, are you making me play Angry Birds at work, yeah. or, or you know, am I playing World of Warcraft? Um, and gamification doesn't need to feel very game-like. It absolutely can, but it, it can feel more like if you think if you're a frequent flyer program, um, you wouldn't really have thought of that as a game ever. But no. if you look at it, there's points, yeah. there's levels, uh, yeah. there's status, you can, yeah. there's rewards. So yeah. they're actually starting to use mechanics to nudge your behaviour. And obviously what they're trying to get you to do is fly more often yeah. with the same airline for longer. Yeah. Um, so so it can, can kind of range um, from something that feels more traditional, professional, like your frequent flyer, mm. all the way to something that feels very game-like um, and has a lot of graphics. Um, so obviously if, if you're um, building something that's got a, a very rich visual interface, um, there's graphics, there's, uh, you know, there's worlds, there's characters that you interact with there's a lot more resource in that but um again it doesn't it doesn't have to be and it's um where on that scale you sit again depends on uh, depends on your audience mm. where would you locate the maturity scale for gamification particularly in government and and the public sector where where is it? Is it very early days for gamification? Uh, it is. So it's an emerging um, emerging field. It's been around for for close to a decade, um, but it is still evolving um, and, and maturing, as you say, um, which makes it also quite exciting. Um, in terms of government, um, government is interested. They are using it already. There's a couple of great examples, um, uh, you know, in recent years and, and, and today as well. Um, but it is still new. It's still exploratory. And and part of it is because people don't quite understand what it is. Um, and there's some misconceptions around, um, you know, uh, how it's used. Yeah. And I suppose getting budget for things that are perhaps in the experimental basket um, may be a little bit difficult as well, where there's not loads of evidence that if you take this particular approach you're going to get an outcome. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, and so the, the way that um, uh, often government and client, uh, clients work with us is they kind of start small and, you know, it might be um, a short piece or a workshop to explore what is this? How could we use it? Here's our challenge. Let's come up with some ideas for how we could use it and kind of um, do a, a staged process that yeah. way. Okay. So earlier this year here in Australia, the eSafety Commission released The Lost Summer, which was an educational mobile app designed to educate young Australians on digital intelligence and it focused on respect, critical thinking, resilience, responsibility and empathy. Uh, did you see that app in particular and if so, how do you think it worked? Mm. So yeah, definitely have had a look. I think it's a really great example of how we can use a different approach to engage your citizens, um, and so that so that interface for people that haven't seen it is is quite playful. So it's more that you've got a, a character. Um, it's very narrative based gameplay where um, you know you can make decisions, you can talk to um, characters and, and make and complete quests and things like that. Um, so that's on on the more playful scale, um, and I think it's, it was beautifully designed. It's a, a really great example. Um, 
and yeah, I guess that's an example of the the more playful side. Sure. Um, and I think because the audience is young young people, yeah. um, people kind of go, yeah, of course, young people need young people need games. Let's and feel very comfortable um, taking that approach. I guess. Yeah. Where to from here? Do you see for you know the future of gamification? Where are things going to move? So I really see gamification. Um, becoming the new the new norm and the new yeah. way to, to engage people whether it's your citizens uh, your your students your employees whoever so you're we're already seeing more and more game mechanics being used with just the products and companies and brands that we interact with every day um, so I really see it becoming a, a more mainstream way of engaging people um, because it does have the ability to to engage people cut through all the noise that we're you know we experience yeah. every day um, and and also have the potential to nudge behavior um, and I see it being used not just for um, for knowledge and learning, but also things like um, collectively achieving great things, like you know, um, uh, sustainable, environmentally sustainable behaviours, um, fitness, health, mental well-being, um, a whole range of different uh, different applications there. Mm. But the I, well, certainly a lot of applications on phones never get opened, never get used. So how do you make sure that yours isn't the one that just ends up, you know? loaded once perhaps maybe used once and then not used again how is it what's the trick to making sure that they get used over and over so the the way that you make something um a habit is, is what it's when you integrate it with everyday life. So if you look at your, your again your Fitbit or your Apple Watch, they're integrated very well because yeah. they're using a wearable. You know, I've got a watch. I'm used to using it and that sort of thing. Um, and so again, when we talk about games, they can be quite um, discreet times when people interact with them, and, and they often have a bit of a bit of a hype and then a you know um, cool down sort of period. With with gamification, especially if we're looking at at workplaces, it becomes integrated with part like it's a new way of working so it becomes integrated with with what you do mm. okay well listen this is fascinating and I'm, i'd be where do you think you're going to be working in more in, into the future into the next say 12 to 18 months to two years where, where are the areas that are going to provide you the best opportunities so um, there's uh, you mean in government or yeah. in, in general? No, no, no. in in government. In government. Yeah. So there's certainly a lot of uh, of interest in in the team space. So how do you encourage and motivate your workforce? So that's definitely part of it, um, and also uh, engaging with with people. So you know, as government, um, you know, you need to provide a lot of information, and, and and often that can be too much information. So people often you know go to the website trying to find something out and get greeted with a wall of text, and they get overwhelmed and don't don't um, intake that information. So I see gamification as, as a way that you can actually make that information stick in people's minds because you've designed an experience that's inherently engaging yeah. um, and, and having them learn the information and, and really uh, integrated with, with what they know. Okay. Well, listen, thank you very much for coming in, Kirsten. That's, um, that's fascinating. I, I think it's going to be um, – you explained it in such a compelling, thoughtful, clear, understanding way. I'm sure lots of people will be um, – thinking about that and mm. thinking about, okay, this is the problem. This is the, the person, that focus that you need to have on a particular audience and then thinking, okay, well, maybe this is a tool. This is a new tool. Yeah, um, do something different. In this ever-evolving world of GovComs that we work in, you know, there's so many options, so many choices, so many solutions, uh, so much promise from, you know, the ubiquitous intelligent technologies that are mm. but everywhere um, but this will find a place because I'm fascinated. I, like I, I'm not a gamer, uh, and I suppose this is a you know twitches at the other end. But I, I do, you know, I'm fascinated by some of the 
cultural uh, elements and the cultural change that we're seeing with, you know, massive stadiums being packed out what where people are coming along to watch, you know, Team A versus Team B in the, you know, the World Championship of World of Warcraft or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, there's professional leagues in the United States. And so it's a thing. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big thing. And I think that that, um, you know, it's probably at the mainstream level sort of below the surface at the moment. But when you look at the scale, when you look at the size, mm. when you look at the reach, when you look at the growth, you know, it's really something that people have to keep their mind on and Absolutely. their eyes on, you know, to see how could it be used? You know, how can we adapt that? How can we change that? Because I think that's the, the, you know, the great opportunity at the moment, isn't it? There's where we can, we, where we can learn, we can see where things are evolving, where they're going, mm. and then keeping our eyes open to think, oh, okay, maybe, maybe that's some way there's that we might way. be able to, there's something that we can use. So mm. listen, if people are interested and want to know more about you, where mm. can they find out a little bit more about you? So they can hop onto uh, the website, www.pentaquest.io, um, or they can email me as well, Kirsten, so K-E-R-S-T-I-N, at pentaquest.io. Okay, fantastic. Well, thanks for coming in today, and thanks to you, the audience, for coming back once again to listen to that compelling uh, conversation there with Kirsten. It really, I think for the first time, maybe I do understand what gamification is. I always thought it was, you know, down the other end. But, you know, it really is that and that notion of mechanics, of those simple things of of, of habit, of trying to, to involve people in um, ways of, of, of reward and recognition and understanding and connect that to learning. Uh, you know, I think that's really interesting as well as to how do you build capability? Because I think that's one of the big challenges for government, you know, is how do they continue to improve? And how do they start people, but then how do they get them to complete uh, tasks? Because that's um, another challenge for people, particularly with online education, where there's so, such a huge amount of um, wastage where people get started, but never come back. So anyway, thanks for coming back once again. I'll be back at the same time next week. But for the moment, it is bye for now. You've been listening to the GovComs podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes.